are listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana, heard worldwide on Jazz Radio, WETF.org. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be listening to the products of three, actually four, recording sessions that were done in 1946, thereabouts anyway. Uh, most of the tracks today will be uh, products of the Swing record label. Swing was a, a label that was founded in Paris in the middle 1930s. It was called Disc Swing for a while, and then later on it was sold to Vogue uh, in the 1950s. But it was dedicated to producing jazz recordings in Europe. And uh, many of the great recordings by Django Reinhardt and visiting American stars like uh, Bill Coleman, Dickie Wells, people like that were uh, captured on the label of Swing. And it became quite a cult favorite. And during World War II, they actually were part of the resistance movement. They were recording jazz under the Nazis, which was a, uh, definitely a no-no at the time, but they continued to do that. For some reason, in 1946, they decided to make a series of sessions in New York. Up to that point, all of them had been done in Europe, most in Paris. Uh, but they featured some great American jazz bands. And I don't know if these were groups that were intending to go to Paris on tour or what, but we do have some fine playing on these sides. I should mention the uh, label, Disc Swing, was founded by two French jazz critics, uh, Charles Delaunay and Hugh Panassier, and they both were initially uh, devoted to swing-era jazz and jazz uh, from the African-American community. As time went on, they really diverged quite dramatically. Hugh Panassier became much more... Uh, enthused by New Orleans jazz and earlier styles to the point of saying that swing wasn't jazz and Vic Spiderbeck wasn't a jazz player and so forth. And Charles Delaunay was much more liberal in his assessment of jazz players. So they had a divorce towards the end of the 30s, early 1940s. So I believe it was Delaunay who produced these sessions. And we started out with two sides done by Benny Carter and his Chocolate Dandies. The Chocolate Dandies were a recording group uh, mainly featuring Benny Carter that uh, was active in the early 1930s. And he re uh, revived uh, this name in August of 1946, August 23rd. And we have a truly all-star group. We have uh, Buck Clayton on trumpet. Benny Carter on clarinet and alto sax, Al Gray then at the beginning of his career on trombone, Ben Webster on tenor, Sonny White on piano, John Simmons on bass, and Sid Catlett on drums. And we just heard uh, two tunes from that session, Sweet Georgia Brown, which featured a particularly outstanding clarinet solo from Benny Carter, who largely gave up the instrument after this, and two choruses by Ben Webster, who was given the lion's share of solo space on this date. And then we heard What'll It Be, uh, a Benny Carter tune that again featured the the, uh, the horn players in there primarily. And uh, we heard a little bit of Al Gray in the ensemble. We will hear a solo of his coming up, but he wasn't given a lot of time to be featured in there. Buck Clayton had some good moments, and Sonny uh, White, who was a very good jazz pianist who flew under the radar during this period, but he was well featured as well. So now we're going to go on to uh, an entirely different band recording not too long after that, just a few days, I believe. Uh, this was, well, a couple of months anyway. This was um, 
uh, led by the tenor sax player who was well known for having recorded with Fats Waller in the 1930s, Gene Cedric, who was known as Honey Bear Cedric. This was actually a couple of weeks anyway after the Benny Carter session. It was done in September, September 6th of 1946. And the band in this case, Gene Cedric and his Honey Bears, featured Lincoln Mills on trumpet, Gene Cedric on clarinet and tenor sax, Freddie Jefferson, good stride and even more modern type of player on piano, Al Casey, who'd made all those recordings on guitar with Fats Waller here, Danny Settle on bass, and Slick Jones, another Fats Waller alum on drums. And this date has a kind of a modern cast to it. In fact, in some ways, this is the most modern of the three swing dates we're going to be listening to, as I think you'll hear coming up. But it does feature Gene Cedric, who is a very traditional-sounding tenor player and clarinet as well. We're going to hear this band do Honeysuckle Rose, followed by These Foolish Things, Session Jumped, and a good feature for uh, Cedric on clarinet, the Clarinet Blues, those four tunes from this date. Then we're going to hear one tune by Jonah Jones and his cats. Uh, this was done uh, two days before the Cedric session, September 4th of 1946. We're going to hear a tune called Hidden for Paris, which makes me think this was a, uh, a band that was maybe slated to go to Paris. I don't know, think they actually did, though. Uh, this band features several uh, Cab Calloway personnel uh, on it. Jonah Jones on trumpet, who'd been with uh, Calloway for about 10 years at that point, almost 10 years. Tyree Glenn on trombone. Ike Quebec on tenor sax. Dave Rivera on piano. Milt Hinton on bass. And Kansas Fields on drums. That was all uh, Cab Calloway musicians. And the addition, I don't think he played with Cab Calloway, was Rudy Powell on clarinet and alto sax. Rudy Powell actually had some uh, Fats Waller associations as well. And that's Hidden for Paris. So those are our tunes for this set. Gene Cedric and his Honey Bears doing Honeysuckle Rose. These Foolish Things, Session Jumped and Clarinet Blues, and Jonah Jones and His Cats doing Hidden for Paris. Ha <laughs> 
styles in this uh, series of recordings for Swing in 1946, and it was indeed Charles Delaunay who went over, came over to America to make these sessions. He also recorded the Louis Armstrong uh, early, early version of the All-Stars, I guess, um, and also a pre-version of the All-Stars, I think you'd have to say, and then he did a session with Duke Ellington's band as well, and also one with Kenny Clark doing some more modern jazz, and most of that has showed up on various podcasts we've done in the past. So we started out with Gene Cedric and his Honey Bears, Lincoln Mills on trumpet, not a well-known trumpet player, but a good swing or sort of transitional player into the bebop era, Gene Cedric on clarinet tenor sax, Freddie Jefferson on piano, Al Casey on guitar, playing not just rhythm guitar, but some electric guitar solos, which he was doing more of in the 1940s, Danny Settle on bass and Slick Jones on drums. We started out with Honeysuckle Rose, which had a really good guitar solo and a very nice passage uh, in close harmony between the guitar and the piano, very modern sound, almost a George Shearing type of prototype sound there. Then the ballad, These Foolish Things, which of course featured the leader on tenor, 
the session jumped, a uh, good sort of jam session tune that uh, featured all the horns very well, and then a good clarinet feature, the clarinet blues. Cedric was a was an adept clarinet player. He had been touring in the 1920s with Sam Wooding and his band uh, in Europe. He had had a long career touring over there and came back to the United States and played with a number of Harlem bands before Fats Waller snapped him up for his recording series uh, of The Rhythm, done for Bluebird all through the 30s. He also played with Waller's big band uh, more often than not when he was on tour, and uh, led a few sessions and did a few other dates as well. Then we uh, went over to the Jonah Jones and his Cats session. Jonah Jones on trumpet, Tyree Glenn on trombone, Rudy Powell on clarinet and alto, Ike Quebec on tenor. Dave Rivera on piano, Milt Hinton on bass, and Kansas Fields on drums. All but Powell were members of the Callaway Band at the time. Rudy Powell comes across very well on clarinet here. He sometimes was a was a kind of an uneven player, but this was a very good session for him. And we heard the tune Heading for Paris, which really demonstrates Jonah Jones' power in the middle and upper register. He was a very, very unsung trumpet player, even though he was credited with a lot of things, playing with Stuff Smith and then Cab Calloway and all the sessions he did. We have a couple of podcasts of his recordings of the 30s and 40s out as well. And I should mention the Gene Cedric date was uh, September 6th of 1946, and the Jonah Jones date was September 4th. And we're going to be hearing the other three tunes from the Jonah Jones date in a while. Actually, we're going to start the next set with one of them, a tune called That's the Lick, which he had recorded before. Uh, this Jonah Jones group, or some variation thereof, had recorded for Keynote Records and also Commodore, um, and also for World Transcriptions as well. Uh, sometimes it included Hilton Jefferson on alto sax, uh, Al Gibson on clarinet, had a number of different personnel changes, but all had about the same sound. Um, Jones must have had a, a book of arrangements for this eight piece, seven or eight piece group. Although, as I said, he worked pretty much exclusively for Cab Calloway from about 1940 or so up till 1950. Even after Calloway got rid of his big band, he kept Jonah Jones and Milt Hinton uh, on playing in the combo at that point. So after that's the lick, we're going to deviate just slightly for two tunes. Uh, we had room for two other things, and I didn't want to uh, do the Louis Armstrong session, so I decided to do two of the four tunes that were recorded by uh, Gene Cedric and his orchestra for Keynote Records. These were done uh, in a couple of months later, in December of 1946, December 11th. And uh, there were four tunes recorded that date. I'm only going to include two of them. The other two were kind of novelty-based and... Uh, Interesting, but not all that exciting jazz-wise. It's the same band, Lincoln Mills, Gene Cedric, Freddie Jefferson, Al Casey, Danny Settle, and Slick Jones. So I believe this was a working group in New York at the time. And we're going to hear two tunes that they did, uh, both, I think, based on I Got Rhythm. Teasin' is a tune by Cedric, a good contrafact, and then... I got rhythm proper, uh, so it's almost like two takes of the same tune in a way, uh, but we're going to hear those two uh, keynote records folded into our swing program here. Then we're going to hear the other two tunes done by Benny Carter and his Chocolate Dandies. We started out the program with Sweet Georgia Brown and What'll It Be. We're going to go on to uh, Out of My Way and Cadillac Slim. Out of My Way is credited to Sid Catlett and Tiny Grimes, the guitar player. Sid Catlett played drums on this session, and he actually sings on this tune. It's his only recorded vocal, as far as we know. And then Cadillac Slim was a Ben Webster tune, and of course Ben Webster is featured on here as well. Reminder, we have Buck Clayton, 
on trumpet, Al Gray on trombone, he'll get a solo coming up, Ben Webster on tenor, Benny Carter on alto, uh, I don't believe he plays any clarinet on these two tunes, Sonny White on piano, John Simmons on bass, and Sid Catlett on drums. So, that's our set. Jonah Jones and his cats, that's the lick. Uh, Gene Sidrick and his orchestra, Teasin and I Got Rhythm. And Benny Carter and the Chocolate Dandies, Out of My Way and Cadillac Slim.
is waiting. We're heavy dating. I'm operating out of my way, out of my way. We're gonna dance some high, white, and handsome. Maybe romance some out of my way, out of my way. I can hear my heartbeat beating, tickety tick. I can hear it keep repeating, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up quick. It's hug and kiss time, Mr. and Miss Time. Can't miss it this time, out of my way, out of my way.
So these sessions were done, as I said, in the fall of 1946, and this was uh, a period when uh, the European jazz community was trying to attract American musicians to come over. Just following World War II, they wanted to build up their economy and also to you know, produce concerts that would appeal to a large segment of the population, and jazz was very popular in Europe during the war years. Uh, there was some reluctance, apparently, on the part of American musicians to make tours that soon after World War II. The impression was that uh, there would be great hardship, and uh, some musicians were told not enough food, which was a, a big uh, concern. In fact, there was some intimation that Cab Calloway himself told his musicians not to go because they wouldn't have enough to eat. And some of the musicians who were apparently asked to go, including Jonah Jones, uh, decided not to do that. Hilton Jefferson had been asked to go by Rex Stewart, the cornet player who put a band together, who went over in 1946 and recorded quite a few sessions over there. We're going to probably have a podcast coming up of that. And Hilton Jefferson opted for the security of the Cab Calloway band, even though it was about to break up. So we started out with the Jonah Jones and his cats uh, recording of That's the Lick. And uh, we heard some very, very good um, at Quebec on tenor sax. These sessions are interesting. They, they present these swing era musicians uh, that if this, uh, these recordings had been done six or seven years later, they would have fallen under the heading of what Stanley Dance called mainstream jazz. Uh, mostly swing era players with a few modernists, if you will, thrown in. Ike Quebec was one of those. I think you'd almost have to include Al Casey on guitar in that uh, list as well. And uh, a couple of other players as well. Freddie Jefferson had some modernist tendencies, if you will. And uh, Al Gray, too, on trombone. We just heard a couple of very short Al Gray solos. He was clearly the junior member of that Benny Carter group. He was playing with the Benny Carter Big Band at the time. So we started out, as I said, with Jonah Jones and his cats, and that's the lick. Jonah Jones playing some of his exception, exceptional trumpet. I'm not aware that there was ever a bad solo recorded by Jonah Jones. He was tremendous. He went on later in the next decade to develop what he called muted jazz, the uh, sort of cocktail party jazz that he was playing at the Embers Club in New York, just trumpet and rhythm section. He had a couple of hit recordings uh, with that group. We also heard Tyree Glenn on trombone, Rudy Powell on clarinet and alto, not soloing on that one too much, Ike Quebec doing some wonderful work on tenor. He was just about to start recording, or actually had already, for Blue Note Records, and eventually he was uh, to become the A&R man, the artist and repertoire man for Blue Note for a while, and brought players such as Thelonious Monk into the fold. Dave Rivera was on piano, Milt Hinton on bass, and Kansas Fields on drums. And then we went and heard those two tunes by... Um, uh, Gene Sigrick and his orchestra recording for Keynote, two uh, versions of I Got Rhythm. The first one was called uh, Tilly, or excuse me, Teasin, I should say. Uh, that was from December 11th of 1946 with the same band that he recorded uh, for, Keen uh, for uh, Swing for, with however many prepositions we can stick in there. Um, Lincoln Mills on trumpet, Gene Cedric on clarinet and tenor, Freddie Jefferson on piano, Al Casey on guitar, Danny Settle on bass, and Slick Jones on drums. And uh, as I said, uh, Teason was a strict I Got Rhythm contrafact, a lot of good jazz there. And then they played I Got Rhythm itself, and they turned it into a little bit of a novelty with some vocal... Uh, 
group work there that really looks forward to the uh, doo-wop era, if anything. In fact, at the very end, the vocal harmonies they were using puts one in mind of the Beach Boys from 20 years later. I had that same type of sound going there, so I doubt they were an influence on the Beach Boys, but just they hit on the same sound somehow. And uh, Cedric was a decent vocalist, and obviously the other guys in the orchestra could match him very well. Freddie Jefferson was also a singer, I believe. So we heard that. Then we finished up with those two tunes, The Balance of the Benny Carter and his Chocolate Dandies session. We heard Out of My Way with a vocal by the drummer and composer Sid Catlett. Very good vocal performance in there. Uh, Buck Clayton on trumpet, Al Gray taking a short solo on trombone, Ben Webster doing some tenor, Sonny White on piano, John Simmons on bass, and as I said, Sid Catlett on drums, and Benny Carter on alto. Uh, then we finished up with Cadillac Slim. That was a Ben Webster composition that really featured the two saxophonists. They started out trading fours, alto and tenor, and then each took a chorus after that. And very good up-tempo performance and really showing off these uh, mainstream players, these swing players, really at the height of their powers, even in 1946. So we have two more tunes, and uh, these will be uh, the balance of the Jonah Jones session uh, that I mentioned earlier, Joni, Jonah Jones and his cats. We're going to hear a what I call a walking ballad performance of the Jimmy McHugh, possibly Fats Waller tune, I Can't Give You Anything But Love, showing that uh, Jonah Jones knew his Louis Armstrong. He was a Louis Armstrong disciple, tried and true, although he brought his own thing to the table, certainly. But that'll be a, a good performance of that old chestnut. And then we're going to finish up with Jonah's Whale. Hear uh, all of the soloists on that as well. Again, Jonah Jones and his cats. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed this program. Uh, my name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and we are here together on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. Heard worldwide on jazzradiowetf.org. Hope you join us from time to time, every week if you can. We have a different program every week. We haven't even begun to exhaust the supply of great jazz from uh, the pre-jazz era and the ragtime era all the way up to the day before yesterday. Lots more to come. So thank you very much. Tune in again next week.
Thank <laughs> you. 